Hello, welcome. Thanks for joining me. My name is Russell Trafford-Jones and this is Broadcast Focus, where we learn about people of uh, broadcasting and the technology behind it. Not just broadcasting, but all of the media industries, because it takes people and it takes technology to do that. And uh, by having a chat with lovely people like Paul Markham, we find out more and uh, about what we're interested in. How are you doing, Paul? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? I'm all right. Thank you very much. Um, so, Paul, tell us a little bit about your yourself. Give you a little intro, and then we'll uh, we can talk about um, the history of broadcasting and where we are today. So, I, I've I've spent about twenty five years in in the broadcasting industry. Um, a bit longer if you count like student radio and things like that. But I, I, I started off in the radio industry in the late nineties. I, I worked on some early technology for DAB, um, and then um, did a little stint in Australia. Um, and, and we did things like, you know, what we would call today software as a service and DevOps and things like that, which we didn't call any of those. We didn't have any of those names, but we kind of um, sort of threw those things together and sold them to the radio industry, which quite uniquely, I think, compared to, to television, radio, particularly commercial radio, it was always operating without much money to spend. Um, mm. And that's that's quite a that creates quite a creative environment in technology because you have to kind of throw things together and, and it also creates commercial opportunities for like the company I was working for to to actually offer services to to radio stations and radio groups which are quite small at the time. Um so in in uh in about the mid 2000s I went to work for uh Redby Media. I went on the I was on the original sort of launch big the very big launch team for BBC iPlayer um and um, we, we, you know other, other video on demand services and it was a very sort of in you know exciting time for video on demand um because it was a new thing and, and we were trying it out and we were doing lots of new stuff and some of it worked some of it didn't and all, all of those things went on um and then, and then after yeah after a while i was working on other stuff I, I went to work i did a lot of work on access services i i worked on uh you know the subtitling platform for red b from for a few years um and I, and I spent a couple of years at uh, Discovery uh, working on uh, things like the Olympics um, for Eurosport. So I worked on you know, Tokyo and Beijing Olympics um, kind of distribution and on-screen graphics and things like that. Um, and then, you know, it, for, for getting on for a couple of years now, I've, I've been working at Archiva. Um, I am the enterprise architect for digital at Archiva, which effectively means I um, sort of define and, and sort of run the cloud strategy um and so that sort of encompasses cloud and software uh and and we'll come to what you know why why cloud is useful maybe and and how how software has has an important role to play um so i i and i think you know, just sort of going back across what i've just described I, I, one of the things that does sort of link my career together maybe uniquely in broadcasting is that i've always worked with software in one form or another whether it was sort of original software that we were using for dab or whether it was software for for video on demand, um, and um, so so despite having this obviously this this broadcasting background, I've always been on the you know on the software side of it. So you know application support, but writing software as well, doing all of those things. Um, and then you know we got involved with cloud, and and, and obviously cloud really comes from a software perspective and um, doing doing things for the sake of software. So it, it gives me that unique foot in in two worlds, if you like. Um, which has been, yeah. you know, as it, as it turns out, has been, you know, quite a, a useful career position. Yeah, I think um, I remember around when when DAB came around, it was, 
you know, it was that move into digital and, uh, and now we're kind of moving into, into software. There's always that, um, that, that journey. And we just spoke recently to Gerard Phillips, who talked about his, um, his time, um, where he started you know, just resistor by resistor building, um, building circuits. Um, and gradually as, as you go into FPGAs, et cetera, the, and the software appears and it doesn't actually go away. It's just that it, it you know, it's taken quite a lot of time to to displace everything else. Um, but I guess from your perspective, your your view is that um, you know, what we used to do was um, was a lot more radical than perhaps what we're we're up to now um, in terms of the technology we're using. Do you think that's that's fair? Well, I, I guess technology starts from you know from from very lot of mechanical means doesn't it i mean you go back 50 years and offices were full of people using typewriters um and and giving work to other people using typewriters um and we have come from that world of of very sort of mechanical technology into a a very um you know computer computing centric world haven't we um and, and that goes for every industry from, you know, we talk about banking, we talk about government, uh, all of all of these, uh, all of these industry, all these areas of work were for a very long time, they were people doing manual stuff, typewriting, writing, doing manual calculations, um, uh, all, of, all of these things that have been sort of almost revolutionized in the last 50 to 100 years by technology. Mm -hmm. um, and, and broadcasting is 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 no different right because uh you know 200 years ago i think uh, we, you know we were inventing the telegraph um and uh you know it was all about morse code and then uh <laughs> you know at some point somebody said oh well, we we could invent the telephone and then and then you know we, we've come on from that point so th there is a, a a massive um evolution um and and i think I, I always find the story so i grew up in in cornwall um uh near near paul do where where marconi launched his uh he, he uh set up his first transatlantic um transmitting station in in the early 1900s and, and i was always fascinated by that story because um you know he was this italian guy who wasn't you know wasn't really being paid much attention to in italy and he he came to he came to london and said i want to send you know telegraphs wirelessly and and people must have thought it was absolutely crazy right i mean this was witchcraft if you go back to the 1880s this 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 was the the whole idea of it would have been completely uh you know completely off the planet um and and then he ended up setting up these massive great masts on the cliffs of cornwall and sending signals across the atlantic um or was it receiving i, I can't remember which one he did first i think he maybe was receiving first but ultimately it, it was an absolutely um fascinating time because as soon as obviously you've achieved that everybody is is saying wow that's amazing we need more of that <laughs> that that's that's really cool we want to be able to do more of that and so we ended up with um you know we ended up with radio uh and then we ended up with television and and, and those things ultimately stemmed from you know those early wireless experiments didn't they um and you know here we are in in the you know in the uh, 20, was it 2023, <laughs> losing track of time. And we've all got, you know, we've all got a powerful radio in our pocket that's also a powerful computer and a 
powerful everything else right and, yeah. and and our world is held together by 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 radio and uh by by what, what was called wireless telegraphy it's incredible isn't it um and we've built this entire you know multiple industries we've we've built multiple industries on this technology on, on being able to send things wirelessly through the air um and what a what an incredible achievement it's all been I think the, the the challenge comes, doesn't it, when you, you start off, if we go back to thinking about the typewriters, you start off with typewriters and then you end up with word processors and then you get to speech recognition. Um, and, and what you do is is you've taken that mechanical action. I mean, originally it would have been writing on a piece of paper, right? So you've taken handwriting, yeah. you've mechanized it mechanically, and then you've turned it into, um, uh, you've turned it into software in the end. Um, and then you turn it into software by, you know, you have you have like we have in front of us a, a keyboard, which you're typing on. But then the next stage is, is well, actually, you don't need that anymore. You can you can just do uh, you can just do speech recognition and um, and you don't need the keyboard anymore. Um, and that's all the, that, that's that's bringing obviously bring AI into it as well. But ultimately, we're talking about software. And, and, and I guess as a broadcast industry, we started off, didn't we, with with cameras, with you know these enormous cameras with big lenses um and and you know i, I remember the early microphones early sort of radio microphones would have cost you know thousands of what well, i guess in today's money probably thousands hundreds of thousands maybe of pounds for a single microphone um and yep. certainly for a single camera in the early days of tv where they were, they were the astonishingly expensive things to build um and, and it's astonishingly delicate and and uh you know containing Lots of sort of bespoke components, and you know, I guess the cameras would have had these big, you know, handmade lenses or and, and things like that. Um, and so, you know, when all of these things start, there's a lot of craft, um, I think, involved. And as as time progresses, you know, we 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 turn it, we we mechanize it, we becomes an automated thing. Um, and so we start to produce, we start to mass produce microphones and cameras, and we start to mass yeah. produce um, film, and, and then you know videotape videotape comes that's thanks to a whole electronics industry at that point yeah so you've got a whole so so we've gone from effectively a mechanical world as it was in the 19th century um where you know maybe clocks and and uh you know we had the whole the whole piece about the greenwich uh the the sort of longitude in the meantime and creating Mm -hmm. the clocks and um, how they use clocks for navigation. The clocks had to be very accurate, and, and that was all the height of technology. Um, so and then we we've sort of entered this electrical world, where where it's all about as you as you mentioned resistors and uh, um, and and getting the electrical circuits right and the currents right in the right place. And then you introduce a, a, a an audio a, you know an analog audio or video signal into that, and you process it through you know, electrical components. Um, and then we've digitized that. And we've gone, we've made it digital, which also makes it, it ultimately makes it software, doesn't it? So instead yeah. of being a um, an electronics challenge, it becomes a software challenge. And instead of, you know, instead of being soldering, uh, soldering a circuit board, we're, we're writing code. Um, and so this, this is, this is not a transition that suddenly happened overnight. Um, I, I think what is interesting is, is that throughout this period, uh, as 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 a broadcast industry we've you know we've had to take on board um knowledge and, and information from other industries so you know i suppose in the electronics era we were um 
we were we, we were we were saying okay well we, we can learn things from electronics now we can bring in people who understand analog electronics and we can do we can use that for signal processing yeah well you don't have to make your own capacitors all of a sudden yeah exactly you can buy off the shelf components engineers get taught electrical engineering and then they can learn how to to do uh to do digital signal processing Sorry, not digital signal processing. We're talking about learn how to do analog signal processing. We're going to come to do digital signal processing. <laughs> um, so, um, and and I guess throughout that time, though, I guess broadcast engineering's been been quite a, a sort of niche discipline, hasn't it? Um, and, and as broadcast engineers, we've been very focused on <laughs> you know cameras and microphones and getting those signals through the through the chain and plugging the right things into the right things, and and it's all all been a a very sort of specialized industry um and of course what comes with more technology and more digitization and more software is is more complexity and and um you know, more sophistication and more layers of sophistication and more ultimately more people right so there's you know i, I guess if that, that those early days of radio and television you know there would have been like a handful of people who were who were running those services um from, from including all of the engineers and, and everyone else and, and today obviously we have many many more people who have many many more roles to play in in putting together those things whether they're you know, the software engineer who wrote the, yeah. wrote the code or uh, yeah th there's there's a whole yeah if you look at even what we're doing now we're you know we're yeah, the, the the technology that's making this uh you know this thing happen that we're doing um if we look at that, it's a uh, it, it, it's it's got layer upon layer. It goes back to Tim Berners Lee and his web browser, which we're looking at, um, and 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 all of those other things. Um, so we we've, we're in this we're in this place where we've where we've got all of these different things, um, and and I think one of the things that's always um, meant that broadcasting is slightly different from let's say banking. Is that we have an awful lot of data, don't we? And in the old days, I suppose in in the analog days, that data was, uh, you know, big bandwidth analog signal data. Um, sure. Uh, but in 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 2023, it's a lot of digital data. Um, and when we look back 20 years, so uh, what I mean, one of the interesting things about being in the radio industry 20 years ago was, of course, um, audio data is still a lot of data but it's a lot less data than video um so in you know in the early 2000s we were able to do things in radio with with audio that that we're only really now doing with video um or maybe we did it with the video a few uh, a few years ago but nevertheless it was that there was a considerable lag and that's because the you know the data bandwidth available to you know it networks in general and the internet and all the rest of it was was a lot less but in the early 2000s, we were able to do things like send uh, audio clips around the Internet. Um, I know it sounds trivial now, doesn't it? But that was that was a sort of innovative way at the time to distribute uh, bits of radio content. Yeah. Um, and I, I think what's interesting with this is that because we have this big data requirement that, that lags us, particularly in the video TV industry, that lags us behind other industries, that we have... Um, there's a sort of knowledge gap where actually if you go and look at all of the stuff that's happened in in fintech or in 
internet search or in you know social media even if you if you look at the you know certainly e-commerce you look at all of these um software disciplines um they've actually got 20 years of development under their belts of of how they do these things that actually as a broadcast industry we we haven't really um because we we only started doing some of the things that they're doing relatively recently so if you look at user experience for for example um you know the user experience is something that e-commerce has been focused on for for for, for, for 25 years um it's only really something that the broadcast industry has been thinking about for about 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so there are other disciplines, um, you know, when we get into things like containers and Kubernetes and all, all of the you know, software management ecosystems. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk about continuous integration and automated testing and, all of these software disciplines. There's there's quite a, a lot of um, uh, there's quite a lot of expertise, quite a lot of uh, road travelled in how to do these things and how to do them successfully. Um, and it's and it's you know these are areas of expertise and skills that we you know we're short of in in broadcasting, quite honestly. I mean the world is short of to some extent. Um, but I guess because other industries have sort of had a head start here, we're almost playing catch up a bit and, and struggling to, yeah. to sort of get our head around how we achieve some of these things. It seems a bit weird because there's so many people who, you know, are part of the IT industry who do these things day in, day out. So it feels like there should be a massive pool. And yet, in, you know, we feel we're short of people. And then similarly, um, you know, there may be other industries that, that feel short so both you know it's in demand across the board so it creates more people um but i guess you're saying mm-hmm. that there's, there's still more to learn to take on board uh, where we can we can improve um you know what we do and how we do it particularly as software is the name of the game in, in workflows absolutely I, I think one of the comments that i hear relatively frequently is particularly from people who who come out come from outside the broadcast or the, or the TV industry to come and work with us and so that they, they, they sort of regularly get a comment along the lines of well this is the sort of software I was working with 20 years ago mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> that normally refers to something like some sort of Windows server application that you have to yeah, yeah. that it will only run on an interactive session and has to be you know manually installed and uh, yeah. and con- configured through um, you know through ui screens and boxes ticked here and whatnot i mean these are the sorts of things that um yeah people people sort of worked worked with 20 to 30 years ago and and they sort of expressed this shock when they encountered them in in production use in in tv and broadcasting um and and i think you, you know those are applications that no doubt still perform the function that they've got but because they are from that sort of almost that bygone era they become much more difficult to to deal with, especially in a world where we've got escalating security concerns. We we need to be performing more regular updates. Um, we need to, uh, and we have this expectation from our uh, from our customers and our stakeholders that we are able to deploy. Um, you know, if there's a if there's a bug, uh, that we can deploy a fix in in days or or hours, not weeks or months. Um, yeah. Uh, and again, you know, when, when people are used to you know, big social media platforms, 
where if if there's a glitch on Facebook, you know, generally it gets fixed within within hours, right? If not if not less than that. So I I think there is a whole world out there that's moving at a speed that we've never had to move at before. Um, so you've been uh, involved in a uh, creating a community. Is, is it the idea of this is to bring together these uh, different worlds? Are they different? So, yeah, I, I think that's that's the general. I mean, look, we we um, I mean, it all started a couple of years ago when I, I saw a, an old meetup group on on meetup was 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 sort of going spare. And what happens is in a meetup group is if all the organisers leave, then it sort of pops up a little message saying, "Do you want to take over this group?" So I, I took over this group um, because I was about to start a new job at Arkiva, my current job, and I and I sort of had this remit to um, to do some of this stuff. To, to try and sort of build this cloud software capability. And this seemed like a, a great vehicle to support it. Um, and then, you know, I, I talked to some contacts. And so um, I, I spoke to uh, uh, an old colleague, David O'Dwyer, who was, uh, who runs a, um, a cloud native consultancy. And we talked about, so he, he did some work for us back at Red B many years ago. Um, and, and we talked about how we could maybe use this as a vehicle to to sort of bring together different tranches of expertise um and bring some of this um some of this cloud native expertise into into media um and 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 likewise from a media perspective i think we we want to really articulate to a to a new generation that actually you know we're doing some quite exciting stuff and that, and that tv is quite an interesting place to work because we kind of lost some of that. I mean, I, I grew up in in the in the sort of the nineteen eighties and the era where, you know, everybody wanted to go and work at, at the BBC or Sky or ITV mm. or wherever. These these were exciting, uh, you know, exciting employers to have. And I I think we need to recognise as an industry that actually, you know, the um, the generation that we have today probably looks at Netflix and Facebook and Google as as the places that they want to work rather yeah. than uh, you know, rather than traditional TV broadcasters so we we kind of need to, to to embark upon that mission to sort of make make telly cool again in terms of you know just 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 to appeal to our uh to, to the new generation of talent i i think you know i i know you've spoken to polly haven't you to, to polly hickling and i think one mm. of the things that she, i remember her saying was um that you know the enrollment on the media specific degree courses has, has you know almost you know, significantly gone down hasn't it it's dropped from yeah, the floor across the board and and I, and I guess partly that's because of that factor isn't it that that actually not only are um you know these the, the big global tech giants that they're, they're they're attractive places to work they're also paying really good money which is hard to compete with um and we're yep. all in that yeah you know, we're all in that situation so we, we took this idea and, and I bumped into Rich Bailey um, at, at an event that I think TechX ran um, uh, a couple of months later. And we talked about, actually, we'd, we want to run this event. Um, but people kept saying to me, oh, well, if you're going to run a media event, then then you should uh, you should put it on, on online and you should you should make it a hybrid event. Um, and my initial response to that was, well, you know, that sounds a bit difficult, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, running a meetup is, is one thing. You get a bunch of people together in a room and you, you, you give them some food and drink and have some talks. That's that that's that's one level of organisation. But bringing in live streaming, well, hey, that sounds complicated. 
But then, you know, I had a conversation with Rich and, and he kind of said, well, you know, maybe TechX can can do that part of it. And and so um, what what we created then was we had a had a the, these three organizations coming together to bring the, you know, the cloud native, if you like, the the media distribution and then the live streaming. And, and we we put it all into a package and, and we got yeah, we got cloud native media with a you know, with regular events, live streams and a, and a YouTube channel. Um, and, and, you know, hasn't that been an amazing journey because, you know, we, we've, we've managed to get some significant, uh, you know, significant reach, uh, uh, you know, on, uh, particularly on LinkedIn, I think, and, and YouTube, we've got, you know, quite a few followers and subscribers and we get quite a lot of people at our events who are, who are not from media, um, yeah. who are interested in what we're doing. Um, and that's, that that's I, I think that's a, a fantastic achievement. I, I mean, we partly achieved that by by the way by going to to other tech meetups and promoting uh, uh, and promoting what we do and, and saying to people, please come along and learn about some of the stuff we're doing in media. I think though that you know, the fact that it's live streamed and the fact that we're we're actually doing it on the spot, so we're not just if you like we're not just talking about it. <laughs> it, it sort of becomes this interactive sort yeah, of self yeah self referential thing where we're actually we're using um yeah we're using the meetup as an event to to test out the technology which is which is fantastic isn't it and yeah. and yeah so the, the next we're about to do the next you know almost the next level of that next week um from from when i you know i'm sure there'll be people watching this who, who for whom it's already happened and who, who were there maybe so they'll see how how, how well or, or not it went but it, it'd certainly be on youtube to watch um, but what we're doing is we're taking the meetup and, and turning it into a live game show. So we're going to live stream um, a, a, an attempt at doing, uh, you know, who wants to be a millionaire? Um, our, our version of that, our interpretation of that. Who wants to be um, a cloud engineer? Who wants to be a cloud engineer with, with some contestants who are, you know, who are regulars at, at the event. Um, and, um and we're going to live produce this uh, with with the help of some some you know, with TechX and three A Design and some other people, and and we're going to do it for you know for very little money. And and part I think part of the point of this is to see what's possible, isn't it? It's it's to to try and let's throw this together. Let's see if if we can do stuff live. Um, and 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 although you know, actually we we get we of course we get many more viewers after the fact on YouTube watching sure. the, the videos in the archive as it were rather than live but i i think the there is there is still this for me there is this still this excitement around live live content truly live content which we see when we when, yeah, when we see how much eurovision i mean i i remember when i was when i was a child watching eurovision in the 80s it was a very very um austere affair wasn't it um i mean it was almost the height of height of uncool Eurovision. Who would be involved in that? There was men in. It was a bunch of men in suits watching. You know, <laughs> you know frankly, mostly terrible music. <laughs> but I mean, Eurovision's turned into this phenomenon um, that's sort of on the par with big sporting events. And that's, I think, in the age we live in, where there's a, a, a never-ending pile of a video that you could watch. There is something quite compelling, isn't there, about live? Something's happening live. It's sort of the shared experience piece. Yeah, and with a meetup, and, you you want to be in the room with the other people. You want to chat. And yeah, you know, I think that's going to be good. But then you also, particularly if it's a, you know, it's a meetup to share about 
you know, technology and, and the way you work and, uh, and different ways of working. You don't want to lose that information just because you weren't there. It seems to, you know, it's a London-based meetup, yeah, but you know, exactly. you know, it doesn't have to be just London-based and many people can be interested in that. So that's the benefit of doing that live stream and then getting it on YouTube afterwards, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's what, what what I'm really interested in, and this is partly, I, I mean, I spent, obviously I spent a couple of years working on Eurosport and the Olympics and things like that. So I, I know it's almost like, to me, we've almost got to the stage, uh, it, you know, where pre-edited content is, is a solved problem, isn't it? I mean, you've got, you, you know, YouTube is full of, of very, very talented creators who've, you know, the Mr. Beasts and Joe Rogans of the world who've created incredible content um out of their um yeah you know from from editing so they've they've done incredible things and they've got people to edit them for for weeks on end and and created these very compelling videos i mean yeah. there, there's a lot of rubbish on youtube as well but clearly there's there's some very very polished stuff out there but most of it is is not live and most of the live stuff we've seen on social media so far has been very um you know through because of the, the the state of the technology has been very basic and very you know frankly not very interesting to watch um on the whole and it's been a bit of phone pointed at something right and and i think what what we're really exploring the boundaries of now is okay so what can we do to make live interesting how can we can we start to take that eurovision experience that massive great shared experience that live event type thing and can we can we do that on a, on a sort of youtube level so with very little budget with without yeah. all of the extravagance and, and the exuberance that comes with a massive global broadcasting event like that but can we recreate some of that magic some of that live com sort of compelling unmissable um content uh on on a on a um you know on a shoestring and, and that's it that, you know it's an experiment it may it may not even work and, and the best thing <laughs> is I, we'll we'll talk about you know after that happens you'll be talking about what what we did and how how it went and and you know there's a learning yeah. experience there it's not simply but you know the the other reason that i think the the game show is nice is that it it taps into the fact that it's much more of a community event the idea is to have a meetup to have a community which i think separates it um in a way from the other industry bodies that have great evening events really useful but you know it feels to me as a little bit of a different vibe rather than going and listening to someone it's a bunch of people coming together and kind of sharing that that evening rather than you know receiving an event yeah so i i think absolutely and very much you know drawing on the the tech meetup the wider tech meetup scene but also on just trying to sort of deformalize a little bit some of what's going on so we we've intentionally said that cloud native media isn't a, it's not a membership organization we don't <clears throat> we don't want people to um to join we don't we don't have that all that sort of formality that comes with some of the other um uh sort of media bodies um because we want to make it that sort of more fluid more mm. energized um more more informal atmosphere whereas actually it's just a bunch of people coming together and and seeing what happens, um, and so yeah, I mean that. As I say, it's an ongoing experiment. We'll we'll see where we end up and how well that works. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but but it's certainly you know it's certainly I think shown people that you you can 
you, you can have that sort of event that is informal, that is fun uh, to attend, yeah. and is, isn't just a uh, you know it doesn't feel like you're still you know you, you're you're just on some you know, you're on some evening event that is still work really. <laughs> um, it is, it is, you know, genuinely a fun event that people, yeah. we, we want people to want to come just because it's enjoyable to come along. And, and the pizza and, helps and for that. People. Yeah, uh, of course, you know, you, you, you put on foods and drinks and, and, you know, the sponsorship helps enormously to, to make it go. Um, but it, it, you know, and it, and it, but it, and it is a great networking opportunity. It's, it's great for, for people to meet people and learn things. Um, and as I say, that you know, we really, really want to encourage that that wider participation as well from outside media. So people who um, who work in fintech or who work in e-commerce or work yep. in you know UX design or all of these areas that might look at a Simpty event and think, well, that's not for me because I don't work in media. Um, or what even? Actually, to be honest, to be fair, most of them probably go, well, what, you, what even is Simpty? Well, why is what it? Is it? What's the big deal? And I think yeah, that's it's one yeah. of the difficulties you know, that we have to articulate because I think there are interesting challenges which um, may not be unique but are you know hard to find in in other industries uh, due to the you know amount of data and the way that we we work. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that we're unique, but on the other hand, um, there there are a different bunch of challenges as you know, at the same time yeah. as you know, we need to learn. So I think you know there's there's certainly a, a, a an argument to be had to say to, to to someone from who's been traditionally working in another industry but they've got this it background or this software background so well actually um yeah we could make life you know, challenging for you in, in an interesting and fun way but Absolutely. how you articulate that without going into the nth detail is, is, is actually really difficult and perhaps the best way is is to come along um and, and get some of that or, or have a look at the the YouTube channel. So um, anyone watching this video has um, more work to do um, than some of the other videos I do because you need now to subscribe to two channels. Um, <laughs> got uh, this one you need to subscribe to. Um, just starting off, so definitely give me a hand. Um, let's get some subscribers. But also um, Cloud Native Media. Um, if you go to cnm.live, that's the URL, and all of the details are there. It's a link to the meetup. Um, dot com um, group that you can just join and find out when the next one is um, but also links to um, uh, to uh, YouTube as well so um, that's where that's where you need to go um, and, and head there if you are available in London at any point then keep an eye out and make sure that you you come along um, and share your your views because that's what it's all about I mean you could probably put a link to uh, the um... We put links to the YouTube channel up, up here or something, can you? Yes, definitely. And in the description, we'll put it everywhere. <laughs> and you can go and comment and say, Don't forget, <laughs> you have to like and subscribe and press the bell. And all you've got stuff. good at saying that you do that every week, every month. Sorry, <laughs> um, that's yeah, great. So Thank you, Paul, that, that, for, um, for joining us. It's great um, to uh, to hear about kind of the background of your thoughts um, on on how this this meetups come about. It's about a year and a half old now, I think. That yeah, right? that's right. And, and it, it's it's great. It's been great to be here. And as I say, I I think we've got to you know we're not at the end of the journey, are we? There's a there's a journey that's going to continue, yeah. and, and we're going yeah. to explore this live stuff and this experimental stuff. And I and I think there's a you know, and and bring these bring skills into broadcasting, and it, it's a bit of a melting pot, and we'll see where it goes. I, I think it's it's a fascinating time to be involved in 
in television and in video because you know it is actually you're getting back to being that sort of state of the art type thing where we're starting to see actually we can do loads of new stuff we've got you know stuff we can do with ai we've got stuff we can do with live we've got stuff we we can do with maybe um um augmented reality mixed reality all of those kinds mm -hmm. of things so much scope that is you know is round the corner and and it's it is exciting and i think there's an enormous amount that we 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 can be doing and that we can be playing with absolutely well said thanks for joining me paul i look forward to speaking to you soon it's been a pleasure thank you very much russell